Hi everyone, so nice to be here for my lunchtime chats. So much to tell you, but I'm really excited about today's guest. Um, there is gonna be a lot talked about today that might surprise you. Um, before I bring her on, I just wanted to remind you of a few things that are going on. We just finished our 21 day meditation challenge, which was really beautiful. And we are about to launch another challenge, which is a manifestation challenge that's coming up soon. So keep your eyes peeled. Um, we have been talking about focus and meditation for a while now because I really find this to be such an important topic. Kelly is um, such a has a, such a beautiful foundation in meditation and Buddhist practices. So I'm excited to hear her perspective on um, focus and uh, what's going on with ours. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about her. She is the founder of Dharma Bridge, um, and she's also a yoga and meditation teacher. I know she studied at Yangar for a while, um, and just has like a lineage of people behind her. Um, also, she is a writer, and she is a clinical marriage counselor and therapist, and she uses a somatic approach. She is quite brilliant, and if I remember, she also, she'll tell us, but I think she does trauma therapy as well, but she'll have a lot to tell us. So I am going to bring her in now. Let's see. Oh, we need to join this way. Are you there? There you go. <laughs> How do I love when it works? I'm always still a little astounded that I get <laughs> to actually show up on the screen with you. Right. Here we are. Welcome to our little Instagram world. <laughs> Great. Great. How are you? I am good. I have to tell you, I just talked quite a bit about you and I want you to tell us more. Um, but I wanted to share something that I wasn't expecting to share that I think is unfortunately pertinent to this conversation. I live on the Lower East Side mm -hmm. and it's become a really um, problematic neighborhood, right? It's not as safe as it used to be. I've been here 30 years. And today on my way back from dropping my seven-year-old seven off at school, we witnessed a shooting oh. and died on my street. And so I'm a little scattered today. Yeah. yeah. I thought, wow, this is what we're talking about when we're talking about lack of focus, right? All of these things that come and inundate, inundate our lives um, that feel incredibly traumatic or mildly traumatic. They accumulate, and then, and I'm feeling it in myself. Like I was, yeah. I am excited to be here with you, but I'm like, I can't. I can't. You're, you basically just had a, a, basically a traumatic experience, and you're still feeling it in your nervous system right now. Yeah, and I know what that. You know, we live in a really interesting neighborhood as well. My husband has witnessed a shooting, and you know, so I, I know what that's like to be in the midst of it. So maybe we can do something just right off the bat before we even start our conversation that you can practice and everybody can practice along with us. And it's yeah. super simple. So they call this the physiological sigh. And that's how, you know, people that are more cognitive scientists, neuroscientists are talking about it, but it's not, it's not unfamiliar to you, I'm sure, as a yogi. 
Um, so we're just going to take two in-breaths and a long, deep out-breath. We're going to do that over and over again. So... So just keep going like that. So basically two in-breaths, long, deep out-breath. Ideally, it's through the nose, but if you want to do it through the mouth, that's fine. And just keep going like that. And I'm just going to talk a little bit about what's happening as you do that. So essentially, the, you know, the, everything that we do with the breath is affecting the bloodstream. Anytime you experience anything that's even remotely traumatic or stressful, even if it's mind created, is going to change the chemical constituents of the blood. Everyone knows that, you know, that or the, the norepinephrine dopamine levels are always changing. Um, carbon dioxide levels in the blood are always changing. So every time you do that and you take a really, really long, deep out breath, you're essentially release, changing your, your, um, the blood chemistry quite immediately. So how do you feel, Fala, having done that a few times? A little dizzy, but more uh, my body. Somehow, mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh -huh. um, so I'd say that's pretty normal. You know, if you were to do it over and over again, you'd essentially get to where you're hyperventilating. So. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of things that, that we can do. And, you know, when you're like in an acute state, like you, you're kind of in a quasi acute state right now, it becomes really obvious, like what works and what doesn't. Um, so I guess I might ask you, like, what do you know has worked for you in the past? Um, movement usually works for me. Okay, so uh, what about something that's movement, but it's a little bit more contained since we're on screen, like would tapping work for you? Tapping is also, yeah, usually very helpful. Mm -hmm. so just do like a couple of points of tapping. We're not going to explain the whole thing, but this is such a simple thing that people can do. Like I always tell my clients, like you can do this in the bathroom at a restaurant if you get activated, you know, like or at a dinner party or whatever. You just go to the bathroom and do a couple minutes. And the way that I have people do this is, you know, even though I'm really activated right now, I still completely love and accept myself mm -hmm. or whatever's coming up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could, why don't you try one? Just say, even though, fill in the blank. Even though I am very activated right now, I know that I am safe and loved. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm Great. And there's a whole set of points here, and I don't necessarily want to go through them all because we're going to chat and such, but, you know, they're, um, I don't know if I have them on what, my website, but basically if you just search EFT tapping, mm -hmm. um, there's a different points, you know, and they're all acupressure points. And I always think of it as, you know, it's a way to both honor the state that you're in, the activated state that you're in, regardless of what it that means. You know, sometimes it's very internal, like the activation or the stress or the anxiety or the lack of focus has to do with the story that you're just running. And it doesn't have anything to do with the outside world. So in that case, you might be like, you know, even though I'm running this story that whatever my like my life is never going to get organized or whatever it is. I still completely love and accept myself. So you're not denying that the story is happening. You're not denying the activated state in your body, but you're also coming back to that inherent love and acceptance that are. So another truth that's running parallel to the one that is, is one of activation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That most fundamental truth. Yeah. Yeah, so there's techniques, you know, there's like a billion techniques to kind of get ourselves settled and bring ourselves back to focus. If Obviously, we're talking about focus today. <laughs> um, but I, 
I think that um, at a as a, at a really fundamental level, like uh, we're pulled by distraction all the time. I think because of a fundamental, like um, we're in relationship a lot of times with the narratives in the mind and the activation of the body that at a fundamental level have to do with this belief that the collective holds that we're separate. You know, the collective obviously, especially like in the American identity is all about individualism. This idea that we're separate is just so ingrained. And it's, um, you know, it's like a hotbed for all of our conditioning to just be like ramped up all the time about not good enough, not worthy, not, not safe unless things are a particular, going a particular way, you know, all the things that are really unsettling. And of course, like, when you're looking at the screen of the world and seeing like, pandemic, uh, global conflict, climate crisis, like all of the things that you're looking at on the world screen can really get under your skin because there's a sense that as an individual, I am not fundamentally safe. And so if there's like a, um, you know, turning attention to this potential that what we are beyond that is the truth of deeply interwoven spirit, like this, I don't know if you want to call it spirit, but kind of this just tapestry of sentience, uh, deep interconnection and interbeing, that really is like the balm on the frictions of the mind and heart that, you know, at the deepest level we're seeking. Yeah, yeah, I think that there, there's, you know, just utter truth to what you're saying that this that this feeling of being perpetually unsafe, whether literally, right, I was just unsafe, actually, or yeah feeling of being unsafe or not good enough keeps me um, uh, either aggressively or mildly activated in that kind of low hum, mm -hmm. unable to focus. Like I was so shocked at how quickly my focus left me. Like I couldn't get organized this morning and normally I'm pretty on it. Um, and we've been talking, you know, we just did a 21 day meditation challenge and we were talking about this difference in connecting to something other than that. But what people tend to connect to even in meditation is the psychology of things. I'm going to examine myself more deeply, but the self they're examining is the one that might be perpetuating the problem. Right. And it's very hard to understand that there is this all loving self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Getting to know. Yeah, or that the yeah that there is a, um, a just a pure awareness to be tracked to be to be attentive to. That I've been doing a practice uh, for the last like four or five months, very different kind of practice than what I've usually been practicing. You know, I was in a I originally was in a Zen practice and then um, moved more toward Vajrayana practices and at the kind of the beginning of the year, I just started doing like real straight up mindfulness practices. And they're the simplest practices, but in some ways like incredibly profound because all you're doing is tracking what attention is doing. And so attention is, your awareness is on attention and therefore attention is on awareness. And mm -hmm. then the contents of the contents of attention are constantly fluctuating and all you do and it's super simple i can like explain this in a second essentially all you're doing is noticing if you're hearing something whether it's external or mental talk 
or if you're seeing something, whether it's just light behind the eyes or mental imagery, or if you're feeling something, whether it is a sensation or an emotion, you're simply tracking those, those three, you know, see, hear, feel, and, mm -hmm. and then tracking. If, if there's an absence of any of those inputs, then you're just tracking rest. And um, this is kind of, this comes down from the influence of Shinsen Young um, and, and Toby Sola, who's the founder of Bright Mind, because I've been working with that, those practices recently. So I want to just like give them a shout out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, very, it's a very like secular mindfulness kind of approach, which has not been the center of my practice for, uh, you know, ever really. Um, but it's very effective because it's so clean and so kind of it like it really allows us to do what you know what in buddhism is the, the first of the preliminaries you know to just kind of meditate on the preciousness of human life mm -hmm. it's through meditating on the preciousness of attention the field of attention itself mm -hmm. which is you know really really profound very profound because you know if we if we are in awareness and whatever that awareness focus on focuses on it becomes more of yeah focusing on my anxiety or my feeling of not being safe then i am perpetuating more of that but if i am focusing on my attention mm -hmm. i'm more attentive right more clear and in this moment and mm -hmm. it really simple right it, it doesn't have to be all kinds of complicated <laughs> all <That's> kinds of complicated <laughs> There's a way that you're, uh, you also don't have to reject what is arising in your awareness right now, but there's a sort of pulling apart of, okay, there's a sensory component of whatever you're experiencing. And especially when you're in a kind of activated, just traumatized sort of state, there's a, there's a sensory component. And then there's a story component, you know, like the mind immediately kicks in with, should I leave this neighborhood? I imagine, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just guessing. We're already packed. <laughs> Right. And so then even just teasing apart, okay, there's a sensory component here. Attention is on sensory component. Now attention is moving to the you know, mental component. Now there's an image, like a memory of what happened and a, and a picture in the mind. So now it's, now, it, now you would label C. And every time you note and label, you, you're not rejecting what's coming up. You're not like, la, 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 la. <laughs> I am, I am the self beyond experience. I am the formlessness beyond form, you know, which like, it, that sounds good, but you know, it can be really fake. It's not that hard to, once you like read a couple spiritual books, it's like really easy to tell yourself that story, but with, without actually having very much freedom at all, except for kind of running a, a different sort of a script. So when you're, when you're tracking the attention, like that it's at you're really noticing oh attention has this incredible freedom to move it moves from story back to sensation back to imagery and then it just becomes this like sublime kaleidoscopic experience of watching attention's movement and and grokking the infinite freedom that attention itself has mm -hmm. and then as we just are feeling that over and over again um, you know, that heart sutra line, form is not different than formlessness, formlessness is not different from form, really comes true in our awareness. We start to feel like, oh, this is how, 
this is how it works. You know, this is how the particle and the wave, this is why, <laughs> this is why all the yogis are like relating to quantum field theory, um, even though the scientists go crazy when we talk about it. But <laughs> we, we really do feel like that um, collapse of the collapse of story and the arising of story, the collapse of sensation, the arising of sensation, you know, the, just that pulsation of it's, it, 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 there's a pattern, we're in touch with the pattern, and then the pattern dissolves, and we're just in the attention that perceives the pattern, and then the pattern surges again, and then we're the attention perceiving the pattern, it just, you know, on and on and on, so. Mm -hmm. So beautiful, and, and I, um... I, I like, I mean, my goodness, in such a short amount of time, you, you gave us so many tools from something as simple as tapping and stating the reality and then stating the possibility or, or the, the parallel reality to something um, a, a little bit more simple, but yet maybe a little bit more um, hard to grasp. Mm -hmm. right? not meditated at all like this I can do if I've never meditated and probably get a result if I if I am an, um, an, a meditator if, and I am this this idea is just incredibly beautiful it's fascinating to me to feel to live within the fluidity of all things mm -hmm. quite a beautiful I mean I, I felt it as you were saying it mm -hmm. um, th unfortunately this is such a short talk because we for days <laughs> so um i so what i would love from you because you i, I really like in 20 minutes you gave us <laughs> like a, um, a lifetime of of things that we can tap into so if you wouldn't mind at some point uh giving us some of your wonderful resources we would definitely put that in this chat but can you just tell us now a little bit about what you do because there's there's such a wide array that happens when you meet yeah um well so i'm a therapist i'm a marriage family therapist and um i but the, the really the primary focus of my work is dharma bridge which is a group program that i lead that's nine months long and it's really for people that want to put spiritual practice in the center of their lives and do so in the context of Sangha. So we, we practice, we look at the Dharma and we practice a variety of different kind of techniques. And there's all of this, um, you know, just prof profound group experience as well. So that's one thing that I'm, that I, that is a big part of my life. And I'm also, you know, I'm kind of extremely into all sorts of creative endeavors like art and writing and all of that. So, I also lead a program that's coming up pretty soon called Writing from the Depths. And it's a combination of understanding Dharma practices, uh, working with some meditative techniques, uh, re-understanding re the I, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the source of most of our suffering and doing so through writing and working with poetry as practice. So I'm excited about that. that when does that start or has that started? No, it hasn't started. It starts, um, I don't remember. <laughs> it starts, I think, in the end of June. It's on my website. I could look it up, actually. It's if you go to uh, somapsychotherapy.com slash events, mm -hmm. there's um, information about it on that page. Um, so what is the best way? Because there are a couple of ways to get to a bunch of different websites because I've been you know, Googling you. So there's kellyblazer.com, which is your therapy practice, I guess, right? So kellyblazer.com and somapsychotherapy.com are actually the same. Okay. So 
It's really somapsychotherapy.com, but kellyblazer.com redirects to somapsychotherapy.com. Okay. okay. And Dharma oh, that's probably the best place to send people. Okay. So we will put all of that in the chat. Okay, great. I had 10 more hours because I need you today. Yeah. <laughs> this was so fortuitous. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Just, so just noticing like pulling apart, you know, it's kind of like the way that we work with, um, I don't know. Are you familiar with parts work? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, yeah. We've talked about this. So with parts work, you know, we kind of recognize the self is not a monolithic thing. There's different aspects of the personality that surface in different moments to deal with different stressors or to carry us in different ways through the world. And so one of the big parts of the work with, with working with parts is unblending them, kind of pulling them apart and noticing like, oh, like right now, this part of myself that, you know, does my business is present and can kind of tolerate being on social media, that part is present. But later on today, I might be like, if I need to talk to anyone, <laughs> it will not be okay. You know, I might find another part of myself that's really reclusive. And mm -hmm. so not like, who am I really? We just recognize like, oh, different aspects of the personality present in different ways. And that's not inconsistent with this understanding that there's like no, there's no stable self from Buddhism. You know, there's this anatta, which is one of the three marks of existence. There's no solid fixed self. And so in, in the unblending of the different parts of the personality can be really healing because we're less confused about like who we are and who we're supposed to be. And similarly, like as you move your attention from mental imagery to sensation to um, story, you're kind of unblending. Mm. And, and, and because in trauma, you, you really, the presence that you can have with the activated state in the body is so healing. So if you even just have a moment today where you can hold that part of yourself that's shaking mm -hmm. and at a really somatic level, just like maybe put your hand on your heart and hold that part of yourself that just felt and saw and, you know, experienced something that's just terrible. You know, it's like the worst possible part of our human experience is that we have to interface with profound violence mm -hmm. and willingness to extinguish another life because of whatever story was going on in that person's mind, you know? So just like holding that and the way that you would hold a child, you know, like a child that's afraid and just total compassion, but being able to hold the sense, the sensory component of that experience is very distinct from deciding to move. You know, those are different processes and they're not like, they don't have to be the same, you know, they don't have, like, it's fine if you decide to move, but, you know, you could then move to a fancy neighborhood and the same thing could happen there. So it's really critical that you, like, just slow down and be with the, the nervous system, you know, and you have all these skills. So I know you'll, I know you'll do that for yourself today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talk about fight or flight, right? We were, <laughs> we're like, here, go look at street easy. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, um, I, I, we do have to go, but th that um, it's so interesting, this, you know, pulling the pulling apart the parts um, when what we are we are um, taught to do, right, is to figure out who you are, right, this definitive idea of who you are. And then once you've figured it out, don't change it, which right. 
why we're so confused and ultimately depressed because it that is not possible that's not who we really are it's just who we're pretending to be yeah 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 or it's one aspect of the self and i think that this can actually work really well with like i mean i know you do like purpose and vision work you know and it can actually work fine there's no inconsistency but it's just realizing like there is a there is an aspect of myself that has a lot of power in the world a lot of vision and i want to shore up that part of myself to be kind of like the you know the the in a way like I don't know, like the face of, of this incredibly kaleidoscopic being that that go that reaches into the world and serves. You know, and that mean that I'm not also gonna take care of the other part of myself that doesn't really have that same purpose, you know. But there there's a there's a way that we can kind of infuse all of our parts with self energy and recognize that there are parts that are going to be able to manage the um the pressures of life in a particular way and we wanna like let those be um, really, uh, really supported all the time. Mm -hmm. That's not a great explanation, honestly, but it's a it's, it's deep and nuanced and complex. So it's surface. <laughs> surface. Yes. You can, you can uh, go on about this, right? Because it's, it, it is such beautiful work. And it's so true. But mm -hmm. my goodness, my dear, I've gotten so much from you today. And I know that the audience has done as well. Thank you. All right. Take care. It's really lovely to be together with you. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Um, community Chats goes on with so, so many inspired people. I, I'm, I feel very privileged to uh, be able to talk to people that I call friends and have these conversations. And they help me all the time. So I hope they help you, too. We'll see you next month. Thanks. Bye. Bye.